Good morning. It's good to be here and worship and look at God's Word together. And you might see in the order of worship, or if you've been here, you know that we've been looking at a sermon series about the Sabbath, about the idea of rest in joy. And I've been struck by the number of people who are writing about this idea of, of rest, not just Christians, but all over our culture. And I've been sharing with some of those, and I want to share that, a quote to, to begin our time again. It goes like this. It is just after 10 a.m. on a Tuesday, and I'm racing down Route 1. The check engine light is on. The car tax sticker on my windshield has expired. The cell phone I've just been using to talk to one of my kids' teachers has disappeared into the seat crack and I'm late. These are the words of Bridget Schulte, a journalist with the Washington Post and the author of a book called Overwhelmed. She continues, I'm always doing more than one thing at a time and feel I never do any one particularly well. I keep having a dream where I'm trying to run a race wearing ski boots, and at night I often wake thinking of the things I haven't done or I have to get done still. I share that because to ask, you know, do you, can you relate to parts of that story or to her story in general? I imagine that some of us, or maybe many of us, can relate to at least part of what she is saying, her experience. Maybe as an example, even less, less intense, this, this week in my email box, I saw an email from Netflix, my streaming service, and the subject line of my Netflix email said, don't forget to finish watching your show. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, really? Now I have Netflix telling me what I need to do. Another task for my streaming service. Don't forget to watch your show. Well, many of us can feel, whether it's at home or at work or just in life in general, a never-ending sense of responsibilities and tasks. And we've been looking at this sermon series about the Sabbath as a way to think about rest. Sabbath comes from the Hebrew word Shabbat, and it means to cease or to rest, to stop, and Scripture sets it forth as a weekly practice, a day of intentional rest, as a gift from God, meant for our delight and our refreshment. And we've been looking through this idea of rest and Sabbath through the lens of the Scripture story. We started looking at creation and seeing God rest. We looked at the fall of humanity and how Adam and Eve, instead of trusting God's provision, sought their own care. And then last week, we began looking at Israel. Before we continue looking at Israel today, I just want to take a quick kind of check-in, whether you've been here part of the series or whether this is the first Sunday you've been here. Sometimes when we hear this idea of, you need, of rest, that we should rest, we can feel even more overwhelmed or even angry. How would I do that? And so I just want to check in and say that we live in a setting and in a time that makes rest, especially intentional rest, very difficult. And I've asked a couple times, this question, is rest a virtue? And at the heart of our culture, it tells us that rest is not a virtue, that what you need to do is be busy and take care of things and get things done. But what we've seen in God's Word is that God wants to protect us and push against that cultural expectation and to say to us that we were made to rest, that there are times in our life that we need to stop and not endlessly work or produce. Another thing just to check in is that like I said, that sometimes this sense of rest, I want to, but I don't know how or how that possibly happen, is that we need to have this kind of the fear of like when we talk about Sabbath, I don't want it to become legalistic, just one more task to take care of, one more list of things to do. Sabbath and the idea of rest is not something that we master, but rather it's a gift that God invites us to know his grace in Christ for us. 
the joy of, of resting in God's work, not our own. And so no matter where we are, I, I'm inviting us to have a sense of gracious flexibility to kind of where we are in our life to ask, what would it look like for me to be more intentional about resting in God? How could I set apart time to worship or to reflect on God's word, to have time to sleep, to be with friends or family, to be outside? Or how, what would it look like for me to take some time to put away my phone or my email, household tasks or work? That's the journey that we've been trying to put before us. How can we graciously and flexibly think about that as a people? So I mentioned that we're kind of going through the story of Israel, story of the scriptures, and we were looking at Israel and seeing that God, one that God's doing in his gracious work is to bless the world through Israel. That after that God took Israel out of slavery in Egypt, and then he gave them his law. And he gave them the law to help them live out as his people. The law doesn't make the people. The law didn't make Israel. Rather, God's action did that. But then God gave the gift of the law, the Ten Commandments in particular, to help his people live as his and to protect them, to protect them from behaviors that could destroy their community. So at the heart of the law is the Ten Commandments, like I said, and the Ten Commandments appears in two places in the Scripture, Exodus and in Deuteronomy. They both say, keep the Sabbath day holy, but they give different reasons, different motivations for doing so. Last week we looked at the one in Deuteronomy 5, which said that we should rest, all us and everyone in our household, because remember, we were, you were slaves in Israel. God's saying, remember how you were mistreated in, uh, in Egypt, sorry, you were slaves in Egypt. Remember how you were mistreated? Make sure that you don't make yourself or anyone else a slave again to production or to any other forces. Rest. And today we're going to look at the Exodus commandment, Exodus 20, in which we see rest is grounded in creation. That when we're asked to rest by God, it reminds us that we are creatures ourselves and that we live in God's creation. I think one of the questions that kind of looms behind this idea in Exodus is the question, does it matter? Are there any consequences for us, our culture, our creation, if we fail to rest? Does it matter? So let's look at Exodus. This is chapter 20, verse 8 through 11. It's in your order of worship. This is the fourth commandment listed in the book of Exodus. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. This is God's word given for our good. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you as a people who know what it is to be weary and overwhelmed, to be overworked, to long for a rest, maybe not even just physically, but in our own souls. And so, Lord, we ask that your word and your spirit would meet us, that we may find rest in you, Christ. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this morning, I want us to, as we go through the sermon, have three parts that we'll look at, three sections. And the first one is the idea that the Sabbath rest is part of the created order. Sabbath rest is part of the created order. What I mean there is that we see in Exodus that the reason that we rest is because of how God made the world, how God created things. God set apart the seventh day, and he builds into the created order a working, resting rhythm. 
imagine almost all of us here have some kind of device on us that tells us the time. A watch on a wrist, a phone in our pocket or a bag. We know that time is fundamental to how we understand ourselves, how we think about what time it is and our schedules. And what we see in, crea- in this creation in the Exodus commandment here is that the Sabbath, this idea of keeping rest, is not just a rule to see if we're serious about following God, but it points to the, the fabric and the fundamental way that God sets up time. That God invites us to see a rhythm and a pattern in which we would work and be fruitful, but also rest. That that's what God made us to do. It's not just a rule to follow, but when we do that, we're actually living out the way that we were made. Maybe we can think of moving to some music, moving to the rhythm that's set before you. you can picture maybe a wedding reception. People dance, right? I'm a very bad dancer myself. But you think about the wedding reception. Not, it's not a song in which just there's a few people out in the dance floor. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's, the, it's one of those songs where everybody gets up and dances, young and old, all the people. That's the image that Exodus is giving us here, that God created a rhythm within the creation, the way the world was put together. And when we work and then rest and value rest, we're actually participating in that music and that rhythm. And the interesting thing here is that the language is that it's for all people. That rhythm is for everybody. Do you see how it says here? For you, your children, your servants, the foreigner that's in your gates, in your midst, and even your livestock. And if we read ahead a few chapters later in Exodus, we see that the Sabbath is still talked about, but now the Sabbath rest is even extended to the land, to nature. For six years you shall sow your land and gather its yield, but on the seventh year you shall let your land rest and lie fallow. Scripture is saying that this rest, this regular interruption, intentional rest, is part of the fabric of creation. It even speaks not, it's not just to humans or not just to animals, but even to the land itself. This is how God put things together. The Exodus commandments, like the Creator pulling back the curtain, allowing us to see the way things were built, the way things were established. So the Sabbath invites us to think about rest, invites us into think about how does the world, how are you and I put together? How are we made to move and be? The second point, though, that I want us to hear is that this rest, this rhythm, reminds you and I that we are creatures, that we are part of creation. Now, that might sound obvious. You're like, yes, of course, I know that I'm part of creation. But if you're like me, sometimes I can forget (laughs) that I might have limits or I might run into boundaries of what I can and cannot do. We are creatures, and all of us have constraints and limits. It's true the Bible tells us that you and me, that all humans, are the apex of creation, made in the image of God. God set us forth in a special way. But we're still creatures, limited in our being, in our time, and our resources, dependent, connected to one another, and connected to the created order. One of the things that's been interesting to think about rest is how the Bible even speaks about God resting. This God who is above all things, the maker of heaven and earth, rests. Later in Exodus, Moses is talking about the establishment of the tabernacle, the place of worship for Israel, and he recounts the creation story. And in that story, he talks about how God was refreshed. 
This time, instead of using the word rest to stop, Moses says that God was refreshed. The, the verbal word here is the idea that he received back his life. He received back his soul, his self. Think about this, the idea that the God of heaven and earth, that he rested as a model, that he would extend himself in creation and then rest that he would receive himself back. The other place in Scripture where that verb of being refreshed is used is when King David was on the run. Saul was trying to kill him. And King David was on the run and was exhausted and overwhelmed. And the Scripture says he found his way to the Jordan River and sat by the waters, and he was refreshed. His soul was returned back to him. All that had been poured out began to come back in. And I imagine that if you're like me, that you might be able to relate to that idea. That the work that we have, even the good work, it takes things out of us. That when we take care of our tasks or relationships or the work before us, we find ourselves depleted and diminished. And that we must be restored and rest. And God is saying that is because you are part of the creation. Creation, this idea of rest is a way to acknowledge our human condition, our limits, our frailty. And even makes us ask the question, is it possible that such limits are a gift at times from God to help us to stop and to be refreshed? God in this rhythm, this telling us that we are creatures is a way of saying to you and to me that we are not God. As I mentioned, if you're like me, sometimes we, forget, we can forget that we're not the center of all things. God is interrupting us to invite us to say, I am not God. And if God rested, then surely so can I, that we are not called or made worthy or valuable because of endless production or because we can get everything done all the time but rather that we're invited to the idea that God will care for your needs and that there's nothing that can take you away from God's care and that God is inviting us to stop and to be still and to trust and celebrate God's work for us, the one who made us and redeemed us in Christ. You are not God. And the other people around you are not there for your work. And the world around us is not there for our endless pursuits. The Sabbath reminds us that we are a creature within the created order. The last third part, that why our rest can heal us, our resting is also a way for us to trust that God can make things new. Our rest is a way for us to trust God. It's interesting when God makes forth Israel when he calls a people. The language around it is reflective of the creation story. In Genesis 1, we're told that God, in the midst of chaos and disorder, brought order into his creation. He made a good creation. And then in the midst of human sin and the world being in chaos, God brings forth Israel, and he gives Israel an order in his law and the Ten Commandments to teach them to live anew as his people bringing the gift of order into the midst of chaos. And therefore, if we think about it in that way, to intentionally rest is an act of faith. It's a listening to God's voice and God's rhythm instead of the world around us. One author writes, what the creatures do with the Sabbath has cosmic effects. 
It may seem, may seem in, incoherent to suggest that not doing work helps keep chaos at bay. Yet if we consider the pace of life put upon us or carried forth by our work or schedules, we know that neglecting or, or stopping, neglecting rest, contributes to the spread of chaos. I don't know if that can sink into our heads. The idea that when we rest, when we entrust ourselves to God, we're actually participating in God's order and His making things different. Not functioning the chaotic and endless ways of the world around us. This is challenging because we've talked that our culture doesn't value rest. We value doing. We value being busy, producing, achieving. And therefore the idea that we have to rest and that we'll take time to rest is an act of faith, putting our faith in God's provision, not in our own. We've been reflecting on the Ten Commandments that God gives to Israel. And as I said, the law does not create Israel. God does that by His gracious removing them from slavery. But He gives the law as a way to protect His people, to teach them how to live. And I want us to think for a moment about this, but no matter what our faith is or no matter what neighbor we talk to about whether he or she is a believer or what they think, most people would recognize that there are problems that come into life when we break some of the Ten Commandments. Now, some of you might be more familiar than others with the Ten Commandments, but we know, no matter what our faith perspective would be, that if one murders, if you murder someone, it means taking a life. It means breaking that family. It means the possibility of going to prison, losing one's freedom. If one commits adultery, we know the depths of that betrayal, of the possibility of breaking apart a family or a marriage. We know that if one steals, if we steal, we might lose our jobs. And we know that we live in a culture right now that to bear false witness to bear false witness means we can lose hope of justice and accountability. But the question I want us to come back to is what about keeping the Sabbath day holy? What about resting? Is there consequences? Is there a problem if you and I do not rest? Does it matter if we never stop <laughs> Does it matter if we just always keep going? It seems actually in our culture, if you're like me, it seems that you can get rewarded for your busyness and your endless work. And so the question really is a valid question. Is there a problem? Is there actually a problem if we do not rest? A problem for us or our culture or the, the creation? And I imagine maybe we can think of a list, burnout, sense of being out of control, scattered hearts and minds, no reflection on who we are or on God, a disregard for our personal needs, a disregard, a denying that we actually might need to stop, or even a disregard for the needs and the limits of our employees or the students that we work with or our spouse or our children. Is there any consequence? It's interesting in Scripture in the book of Leviticus that we read that God gave a promise that if the people keep His law, that they will enjoy the abundance of the land of promise. 
But if they do not keep the Sabbath, if they do not rest, God says that he will send them into exile. And that part of the reason he'll send them into exile out of the land is because if they're not going to let the land rest, then God will make the land rest without them. And that the exile, sending Israel out to Babylon, into the land of their enemies, God says that then, now that you're gone, now my land can rest. And the exile was actually a gift to the land that it would be renewed. Here is an ecological reading, an interpretation of the exile of Israel being taken out of the land of promise because they would not rest themselves or let the land that was given to them rest and be restored. We see the land and the people are intimately tied together. If they won't rest, it brings consequences for them. If they won't rest, it also brings consequences to the gift of the world that God's given to them. I invite us to feel that, to think about that question, does it matter? Does it matter if you and I rest? Placing our faith in ourselves, the Scripture says, in our schedules, in getting things done, in our production, placing our faith in our endurance, in our rhythm, always robs us of rest. The Scripture says it always connects faith with rest and trusting in ourselves with weariness. And God knows what that is like, for He took on flesh Himself. He entered into His creation and came to you as His creature in Jesus in flesh. That God came and walked among us, and it's not a coincidence that when Jesus did that, He said that He was Lord of the Sabbath that he was the Lord of rest. Inviting us and reminding us again that Sabbath and resting intentionally, it's not about us mastering a task list, us adding one more thing that we've done religiously to God. It's about learning to rest in God's work for us, trusting God's provision. And Jesus invites us, as Lord of the Sabbath, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened. Come to me. You who grow tired of the voices in you and around you that says, I am because I produce. I am because I can keep going. I am because I can consume and take care of all these different things. When we feel that tired of this, Jesus is saying, come to me and rest. Jesus is saying, come to me to the groaning of creation. The scripture says that creation itself longs for renewal and restoration. And Jesus is saying to the world that he made, come to me and rest. And all of you and me who know the shame and the guilt of not being all that we're supposed to be, the shame and the guilt of not knowing how to handle certain tasks or feeling like we misuse others because we have to get certain things accomplished, whatever shame or guilt might drop your head, Jesus says, come to me. Come to you, me, you who are burdened, and I will give you rest. Jesus invites us not to a religious rule, but into the order in which we were made to live. Invites us into his grace, telling us that we belong to him and that we are worthy because of his death and resurrection, not because of what we do or do not do. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for who you are, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, for these words that you give us in the commandment that call us to take care of ourselves and to recognize ourselves and to even take care of those around us. We pray that you would help us to give us wisdom, that together we may learn more and more what it means to rest in you. In Jesus' name we pray.
Amen.